Hi, it's Josh Rubin here at Douglas Elliman in New York with my friend Glenda Baker of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Atlanta. Glenda, how are you? I am amazing, Josh, and I'm excited to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for taking the time. I know you guys are a little bit busier down in the ATL than we are here in New York City because you guys can actually meet people, show homes. This is all very exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. I have two closings today. I have three showing appointments today. So I won't say we're back to business as usual, but we are definitely doing business in the ATL. And of course, your governor was on the cutting edge having reopened the state uh, much earlier than uh, just about anyone else. How's that going over the last couple of weeks? Um, well, you know, I'm in Atlanta. It's kind of rifles and rednecks down here. So um, <laughs> a little bit different um, than anywhere else. And you're right. We were one of the first states to open. Um, it's It just depends on where you are in Atlanta. I find that the closer into the city that you are, the more people are really um, being very aware of wearing masks and gloves. Um, the further out you get uh, into the suburbs, it's like no mask, no gloves, no precautions, no anything. So it's really? just absolutely. So, and there is no, um, our realtor association um, has suggested guidelines, but nothing really, um, you know, um, tangible, enforced, written, or required. Huh, that's interesting. So you can actually go in, show a home without gloves, show a home without masks, you can just kind of do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it, it, what I think the most difficult thing for me is to kind of mirror what the, what the client is. Because you have some clients that are super fearful, that are mask, gloves, booties, and you have other clients that are not. And what I have found is if I'm in a mask and gloves and they're not, they have some discomfort. Um, or if they're in a mask and gloves and I'm not, there's some discomfort. So what I found has been really important is mirroring their level of comfort. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Our friend Eileen Rivera out in Irvine, California, told me a story about somebody on her team who, uh, you know, had a great rapport with a prospective seller and he met with him a couple times and, uh, you know, felt like they had really good rapport, but just wasn't getting the listing. So what did Eileen do? She went and said, you know what, let me go with you to the seller's home and see if we can, you know, figure this out and get the listing. So she walked in and immediately realized the seller didn't have shoes on. So Eileen immediately took off her shoes. Her agent was standing there looking at them like, okay, let's go into the house. And she said, take off your shoes. And so that agent didn't know how to mirror. And that's really a critical element to to success in in our world, isn't it? Well, it's it's a critical element normally in our world, but it's hypercritical right now, especially with these uncertain times and people just having a range of uncertainty and discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in situations where you'll typically hug and kiss each other as a greeting, you know, in today's day and age, it's kind of like, hi, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're not really sure yeah. how to interact and you just got to take the cue from the person that you're interacting with and just go with it. Right. Well, and you know me well enough to know I'm a hugger. So oh, for yeah. me, it is, it's really, really um, been an adjustment. I'll bet. I'll yeah. bet. And so in terms of business down there, I mean, how are you seeing things tracking year over year? 
So we're obviously down, but we're not we're we're down more because of the shutdown. Um, just because people didn't do business for X number of weeks. Um, but right now we are running like maniacs. I mean, we have, um, I want to say we have over the weekend, eight showing appointments already set. Um, wow. three, three open houses, real open houses, not just virtual open houses. Physical open houses. People are expected to come to the house. Oh, and they are coming. We had uh, three open houses last week. Um, in one uh-huh. house we had... Um, in one house, we had eight eight people and three offers. Wow! Yeah, we had multiple offers. Correct. And what we're doing is um, we're we're allowing the the groups in by level. So if the house mm-hmm. has two levels, we're we're allowing two groups in at a time. If it has three levels, we're allowing three groups at a time. So everybody's on a different level. Okay. The house. And, and so, how are you managing that once they're in the house, though? Okay. So we're we're having a neutral place on each level. So let's say that you are the the group that's on the main level. Um, We're pulling you over into the dining room and allowing um, the upper level people to come down and go into the opposite corner, into the family room. And then we're allowing you to go up the stairs. So making sure that we keep everybody very, very uh, conscientious of the social distancing. And of course, if you're coming into the open house, everybody has to wear a mask. Got it. So, So in that physical open house, you are expected to, to wear a mask no matter what your preference is, no matter kind of what, what the situation is as far as the specific town that the house is in. That's correct. We've made that commitment to our sellers just to give our sellers a level of comfort. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. It's really all about comfort in today's day of uncertainty, right? You just want to make sure that everybody is comfortable first and foremost, and the rest will sort of take care of itself, won't it? Well, and you know, Josh, that brings up an interesting point because I was talking to somebody earlier this week and I said to them, like my mantra is in times of uncertainty and confusion, be the clarity that people seek. And that's like my mantra, like every day, all day long, that's all that I'm focused on is just being the clarity that people seek because we don't know what what is leading to their uncertainty, what is leading to their confusion, what is leading to their discomfort, and being able to hone in and tune into that as quickly as possible and just kind of relate to them and meet them where they are, I think is so critical right now. Yeah. Well, you know, no doubt that your, you know, 25 plus years of experience is really what's enabling you to see that clarity and enable to, you're, you're enabling you and the others around you to be the certainty that people are really seeking. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, with all the activity that's going on in and around the Atlanta area, um, where do you see your business going over the summer? Do you think it's going to continue to be a little sluggish? Do you think it's going to be busier than normal? I think that it's going to be busier than normal because we're going to have a very condensed selling season. Um, You know, I I certainly don't have a crystal ball, but I think – that depending on how we move into flu season, like regular flu season, um, and if the coronavirus becomes an issue during that flu season, I feel like that people will hunker down again. And so I I think that our Q4 is definitely going to be light. I think that people are going to make all of their buying decisions. Um, I want to say like, Certainly Labor Day, September 15th, I think that you will probably see a fall off, especially as flu season and if the coronavirus comes back. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, people that are experts in the field that I'm in touch with are predicting the second wave. When you add to that the upcoming presidential election, I think you're, you're, you're right. We are likely to see a fall off here in the fourth quarter. But I wouldn't be surprised if we have one of the busiest summer selling seasons on record. Absolutely. And my team and I, we are not taking any vacation. We are blocking Sundays for open houses. We may even start blocking some time on Saturday for open houses because we, I mean, people want to get into the houses. I think that virtual showings and virtual open houses in our area, our virtual showings are up 403% um, doing a 3D virtual tour. Um, but let's take into consideration that that was our absolute lowest click-through rate on any media on any media that we had. So the fact that it's up 403% is astonishing, but is it really up 403% because there was no percent before? But yeah. honestly, people want to get in to the house, period. And what we're what we're finding is the people that are the showings are less the quality is a thousand times better. So the people that are actually, you're not having tire kickers right now. The people that are looking at houses are going to buy a house today, period. Okay, got it. So so you're talking about, you know, real serious people coming to look at these homes. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and that's one of the advantages and innovations that are coming out of this sort of COVID pandemic, right? You're, you're having more tools at, at our disposal, at the seller's uh, disposal, and really much to the buyer's benefit because people can, you know, look at these homes. They can walk these homes virtually with these 3D tours through Matterport and through Rico's new product, uh, you know, from the comfort of their home at all hours. So it's preventing people from coming in and saying, well, I didn't realize that Johnny's bedroom was only, you know, eight by nine. And I really need a bedroom that's at least 10 by 12 for my kids. And here with these Matterport tools, they're actually able to measure these, these, every little, uh, corner of each room of the house. It's really incredible. That's that's very true. But always remember, real estate is on site, not just online. And while these tools make it um, much easier to narrow down uh, the field of what you're looking for and what you're going to consider, a home is an emotional purchase, and it's always going to be on site, not just online. That's why physical tours and real real estate agents always win over online cubicle somebody in Iowa real estate companies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's it's helpful to be able to you know touch and feel a space, isn't it? Ab- absolutely, hundred percent. Because I mean, think about it. If you've had a knee replacement, while you can go through and do a three D tour, you know the distance, being able to walk that distance from the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom. How important is that if you've had double knee replacement? I live in a county where it is. Um, there are about forty six percent of this of this county is sixty two or older because we have a great senior tax exemption, and so mm-hmm. things like wider doors, things like stepless, things like not just stepless inside but stepless from the car through the house. That's really important and has a huge value. Something that you're not going to get through um, an online estimate of value or a 3D tour. Huh. That's, That's interesting to know because of the concentration in the elderly within your community. So you have these houses that in other parts of the country not not may not be as in demand, but in your community, it's like a hot commodity. Absolutely. 
Huh. <clears throat> and so, you know, Glenda, you're, you're at Berkshire Hathaway. Congratulations again on a fantastic first quarter. You're the number one agent at Berkshire Hathaway in Atlanta for gross commission income. Tell us how you did that. Uh, client experience. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The majority of our business is repeat and referral business. And we focus really on the client experience start to finish and just providing an ex- exemplary ex- exemplary experience um, and just loving on people. That's just kind of my general nature. I just, the people that work with us, somebody asked me earlier this week, like, how often do you call your clients or how often do you talk to your clients? Well, most of my clients become my friends. I talk to them all the time. I mean, they're at my house for baby showers. I'm at their I'm at their weddings. So it's it's not like a hit it and quit it kind of deal for us. We are in relationship with our clients. We go from a service provider to part of the family. And for me, that has really been the pot of gold. Yeah. And I was going to say, it sounds like you you have, in fact, become a part of the family, and that's exactly how you phrased it. Yeah. Um, um, I have one family that I've sold multiple houses to all of, to the mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, all of the children. And it's so funny because they call me an adopted Gillespie. So it just absolutely <laughs> cracks me up. But I mean, literally, they, they have a baby shower. They have a wedding. What They don't they don't do any improvement to their house without picking up the phone and calling to say, hey, Glenda, what do you think if we do this to the basement? If we do, do these appliances, should we do Thermador or Wolf? So it, I've been so fortunate that my clients um, have the trust and confidence in me, not only for my real estate expertise, but really trust and honor that opinion. Yeah. You know, you, you, uh, you brought up an interesting subject, which is that when our clients call us, and uh, ask our opinion. It's it's helpful to us, but it's really helpful to them because I've had people buy spaces for me in the city, and you know, for instance, take a three or four bedroom home and turn it into a one bedroom, and then call me in five or ten years and say, "Okay, good news, Josh. I met somebody and I want to move, and now I have to sell their four bedroom as a one bedroom, <laughs> and it becomes a little challenging." And I'm thinking to myself, "Hey, Peter." You know, how come you didn't ask my opinion when you were going through this renovation and how to do it and you turn it into this bachelor pad? Like, number one, you're going to live there forever. Number two, you're going to be a bachelor forever. And that clearly isn't the case. So now we need to figure out how we're going to package this asset. And it's really important that people not only take their own opinions into consideration when doing these renovations, but the broader market. And that's where our advice comes in. Absolutely. You know, it's funny that you say that because I have um, a young entertainer that I'm showing um, some properties to a property to this afternoon. And um, we're looking at a unit that and maybe combining it with a second unit. And, you know, we sat down and he said, well, tell me what you think. And so I'm going over the pros and cons with him. And he tells and he says to me, he goes, tell me what to do. You're the expert. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do because when I go to sell it, I'm going to call you to sell it. So I'm going to do whatever you tell me. And literally, I mean, I think about like here, I barely got out of high school and here's somebody who's buying million plus, you know, condo in downtown Atlanta. And he's depending a hundred percent on my expertise on if this is a good investment. And typically, you know, a real estate investment is the single largest investment for most of my clients. So for me, it's just, it's such an honor to have that, um, you know, that, that amount of trust with your client. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a, uh, a smart young man on your hands, you know, looking at you as 
as the expert. And that's really what we are. I mean, after all these years and having done thousands of transactions and worked with even more people in the course of those transactions, we know what will, you know, hold its value better, what will appreciate better, and, uh, you know, what will, uh, you know, go down less in the eventual, you know, softening market, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, so walk us through your career, because I've known you for a better part of the last 10 years. I always look forward to seeing you at these various events that we both attend throughout the country. But, you know, I, I really don't know the woman behind the glitter. Um, so, you know, Josh, you're, you're right. Um, we have known, known each other for a while, and I absolutely love the opportunity to see you in person. And I, obviously, I get to keep up with you on social media. Um, but you probably don't know a lot about me. So, as I said, I barely graduated from high school. I'm not sure if they graduated me because I actually passed or because they were tired of my mother coming to the office and bothering them. <laughs> I didn't go to college. I used to design and manufacture ladies' clothing here in Atlanta. Um, I was in that business and I had actually shipped, um, some clothes to a uh, boutique in New York and their check had bounced. This is back in the nineties where the check came back through UPS. It was an actual hard check and the check came back through UPS and I called the man and I said, Oh, your check came back returned. I'm going to need you to make that $400 check better. And he goes, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, excuse me. He's like, what are you going to do? Come to New York and get your $400. I don't think so. And hung up the phone. So I called my mom and I said, oh, mommy, I hate this business. Everybody's so mean. And she goes, pumpkin, you should be a real estate agent. And I'm like, I can't be a real estate agent. I got car sick. She goes, not when you drive. You're going to be a great real estate agent. Go, go be a real estate agent. So sure enough, I um, decided to get into real estate and I needed a paycheck. Um, I had a small child and um, I was going to be a real estate assistant. And so I interviewed with um, a couple different people. And um, I interviewed with these ladies that were just like badass real estate agents. I mean, they did so much business here in Atlanta. And I went in and they absolutely hated me. They were like, (laughs) you are so annoying. Like, you are so cheerful. Like, we absolutely can't wait for you to leave. Like, they told me to my face. And I'm like, like, I was devastated. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then I went and met with these other ladies and... um, I, and I hit it out of the park. You know, you le- I left the interview and I'm like, oh, I know they're going to hire me. I really connected with them. They love me. And um, the lady calls me the next day and she goes, hey, Glenda, we love you. We are not going to hire you. And I'm like, oh. and she goes, you're not going to be an assistant for long and we don't want to train our competition. And so <laughs> no lie, I had read this book, How to Develop a Six-Figure Income in Real Estate by Mike Ferry. Um, and between the time that I had sat for my license and back in back in the 90s, you had to go to an actual physical location, do a test with a pencil. It was two weeks before your test results were in. And I had done this. Um, I had done this. Uh, I was waiting for my test. And I was reading this book. And so I went to this brokerage and I said, um, I need to put my license somewhere. You know, I've sat for my exam. I'm waiting for my test to come back. And the broker's like, okay. And I said, she goes, why, do you, why are you so urgent? I said, well, I've got five listings. She goes, well, you don't even have your license yet. I said, well, I said, I read this book and it said, call everybody that you know and tell them that they can either buy a house or sell a house. Either one is fine. You're getting your real estate license. I said, I did that and five people are going to list their house with me. And she goes, you're joking. I'm like, nope. And she goes, and you, you read it in a book and you did it? And I'm like, yep. And I got my license on September 13th. And by December, I was agent of the month. Wow. 
That's incredible. So, you know, three months in the business, you're already agent of the month. Yeah, I take instruction well. I am a very instructional-minded person. So give me the instructions, let me follow them, and that's what I'll do. So you're very literal, in other words. Yeah, you know, um, one of my coaches says that I'm bipolar because I'm an expressive analytical, and those two don't typically go together. And then Eileen, who you mentioned before, my, my coach says, yeah, but you're really a D because I'm D, I'm a D in times of conflict. So I'm an IC with an inner D. So and of course yeah. we're talking about disc profiles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was so funny. Right. So today I was, I had a closing and I was with one of my clients. And um, so I have this uh, app. And so I always disc profile everybody before I meet with them. So I kind of know kind of how to deal with them. And, and, I, and I was talking to my client and I said, I said, oh yeah, I just profiled the buyer and he's a big D. And it was like, what? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, he's a driver. He's a big driver. So I was like, oh, no, I didn't just say that to my client. Oh, boy. I'm so embarrassed. But anyway, yeah. It's because, you know, you're, you're always thinking along the lines of the disc profile because you work with Eileen Rivera, who's very into the disc profile. And that's basically figuring out people's personalities and how to work with them successfully. And, and so you know, you're, you're thinking along those lines from that context and somebody coming in, who's not as familiar with the disc profile here's big D and that's not exactly what they think. They're thinking, you know, they're thinking along the you know, lines of shoe size, perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, what's even worse is this with this same exact client, the last time that I worked with them, I needed something from the builder. And so I'm on this group text with this client and and they said, did you get what you needed? Um, did you get what you needed? And I said, yeah. I said, I got it from Sweet Dick because the builder's name was Dick. And yeah. my client sends back a text message. She goes, oh, my God, I just spit out my water. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so to ha- for that to happen to the same client today, I was like, oh, my God. He was yeah. like, I'm like a lunatic. Yeah, it's a generational thing. I totally understand. I have a couple clients with the same name. Very nice guys, by the way. Um, so, so that said, uh, so you, you got into the business, you, you know, you, you were number one agent within three months of, se- of, of just setting foot in the business. And, and then, you know, what happened from there? So that, you know, December of your first few months, and then, you know, how'd you go from there? You know, I just, I continue to just like take in knowledge, take in like how to become better at my skill, become better at my craft. And, you know, so I was licensed in September of 1992. Um, and, you know, you know, I don't even know if I should tell you, I don't even know if you've ever heard this, Josh, I actually sold the wrong house. Um, I was, I, I was, I and was this is at what point? Yeah. I mean, you, I had been selling real estate, you know, I was maybe a year, year and a half in, And I had showed this guy some houses and he goes, I want to buy the Buckhead Broker listing on West Paces Ferry. And I'm like, okay, great. And so write the contract. The guy's going to tear the house down. He doesn't do an inspection. He calls me Sunday night. He goes, hey, I went by the house. The people are still living there. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, there were, there were people in the house. There were people in the driveway. We didn't do a walkthrough because he's tearing the house down. We don't need to do a walkthrough. Right. So, um, um, I call the agent. And I'm like, is anybody at the house? She's like, no, the house is vacant. I'm like, okay. I call him back. The house is vacant. Monday we go to closing and we're going up Habersham road and I get in the lane to turn right on West Paces Ferry. And he goes, the house is to the left. And I'm like, Uh-oh. 
no, the house is to the right. He goes, Glenda, the house is to the left. And I'm like, okay. So I turn left and I'm driving down West Paces Ferry Road and no lie, I see my life flash before my eyes because on the left-hand side is the Buckhead Broker for sale sign. I had shown him two listings on West Paces Ferry that were Buckhead Brokers and I had sold him the other house. What'd you do? So we drive by the house. You see, there's people there. I'm like, um, hmm. I'm like, uh, that's not the house you bought. He goes, what are you talking about? I flip my car around. I do a U-turn. I fly down West Paces Ferry Road. I pull into the driveway. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, my God, I think I could lose my real estate license. Oh, my God, this is really bad. This is really bad. This is really bad. <laughs> I pull into the driveway of that other house. And I hop out of that car like I am damn Vanna White. And I am like, this is the house you bought. Look at this beautiful one-acre lot. And I got it for you for this price. And oh my gosh, now on your new house, you can do the carriage house here and the garage is there. And you are, this is, oh, you are going to love this lot. I cannot even believe that you would even think about buying that other lot. It's like not even nearly the size. We could have never gotten it for this price. No, the guy sits down on this wall and he puts his hands in his, his head in his hands and he shakes his head. And I'm like, I can't believe you would even think about that other house. My goodness gracious. And he goes, well, I guess you're right. I guess this is a much better lot and a much better location on the street. I'm like, of course it is. I got that guy back to his car and literally I was physically ill. And I was like, oh, my, I just used a real estate life right here. So... Um, so, I was going to say, that is what we call a miracle. Do you know what? And I, I went on to sell that guy nine different houses, but I just want you to know that it literally, I saw, I used a real estate life right there. But the thing about it is, is that no lie, I believed what I was saying. It wasn't a sales job. I believed with all of my heart that the house that I had sold him was the best house for him. And so it wasn't some, you know, line of BS. And I think what has always worked for me is like the genuine authenticity. Um, A couple, I guess it's been about a month ago, I got in a little bit of hot water. I got my hand slapped about being a little bit too harsh. And my husband said to me, he's like, that's harsh reality is your trademark. Authenticity is your trademark. Don't, don't tone that down. Because that's what people who do business with you love about you. That's what they expect from you. So don't let somebody that doesn't accept the way that you are, like, try to dim the light on that part because that's what's made you successful. And and while it's not always sunshine and sparkles, it's always the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be exactly who you are because people can detect the bullshit, right? Absolutely. when you're pretending to be something that you're not, then, you know, people know. And, yeah. and people who know me have gotten to know that when we're looking at a home and I'm not into it, my mother always said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. So, you know, I'll just be walking through the home absolutely quiet because there's nothing good to say. Yeah. And, and, you know, buyer actually who's closing on something today said to me, you know, toward the end of her search, she said, well, Josh, I'm interested to know what you, what you think of it. Actually, you know what? You don't have to say anything because I know, I know what you think of it now. You didn't like it because you didn't say anything when we were in the house. I said, yeah, that's about, that, that about sums it up. 
you know, if, the, if there's something good to say, I'll say, hey, look at these great high ceilings. Look at this open view. Look at this beautiful kitchen. But if none of those positives are there, you know, I'll let you figure it out. Because you know what, Glenda? I've sold my fair share of homes that I didn't particularly care for, right? Right. I mean, sometimes we don't we don't see it the way that other people see it. I remember one of the first homes that I ever sold was this guy that I met at one open house. This is back in the day when I was first starting my career, and I had started at one company focusing on rentals, where they used to spoon feed us these leads from these sort of bait and switch ads uh, to Corcoran, which is a you know very prominent broker in the city. And I felt like I was drowning when I made this transition. So I went into the manager's office and I said, "Hey." you know, I, I feel like I'm sort of losing my stride a little bit and I need to, you know, get some opportunities. Do you know where I can find them? And he said, yeah, you need to buddy up with the agents in the office and do their open houses. So one day I did an open house for somebody. It was a $350,000 one bedroom in Chelsea. And I had had a phenomenal Saturday night. It was like one of the best Saturday nights of my life. And I went to this open house at 1130 to one and I got like three or four clients from this one open house because I had such a positive mindset. The world was my oyster. And so one of these guys didn't want to work with me, but I kept following up with him on the phone. He said, look, I'll give you one shot and one shot only. And I said, I have the apartment for you. You're going to love this. And we went and we, we met down in, in uh, Soho at this one bedroom. And uh, I walk into the apartment. I get there early because I'm excited to, to show it to him. And I walk in and I look around and the bedroom is facing right onto 6th Avenue, which is a very busy street. And it's right across the street from a firehouse. And I said, oh, shit, there's no way in hell this guy is buying this apartment. And you know what? I'm not going to be able to work with him anymore because he said he's going to give me one shot. And that's it. So 10 minutes later, I go downstairs. I meet him out front of the building. I bring him upstairs, walk, walk around the apartment. I said, yep, you know, it's great space, killer location. He said, yep, yep. All right, so what do we do if we want to make an offer? <laughs> so I told him, and he, and, and he bought the place. And not only did he buy the place, but he referred his brother to me, and then he referred his mother to me. And so it just became this family affair, all because I, you know, I only mentioned the positives. I'm not going to mention the negatives because, you know what, when you have negatives, the negatives are apparent, right? Yes, right. it faces 6th Avenue. But am I going to say, it faces 6th Avenue, what the hell are you doing? No, let him decide. Maybe he loves the location enough to say, it's okay. I don't mind Sixth Avenue. I, go, I face Broadway now. How, you know, how am I supposed to know? So, um, you know, so you, so you built this career based on your, your sort of your authenticity, really, and just really caring about people and treating them like family. Yeah. And, um, you know, back in the 90s when I started, there weren't really pers- real estate teams per se. There were there there were agents like if you were going out of town, you would like give business to somebody else. And so it was about two thousand and it was two thousand, and I was pregnant with my son Lucas, and I was like, okay, so I'm not going to be able to keep like at selling houses at the same rate that I'm selling them. I need to get somebody to help me, and so I. Um, I connected with two other girls in my office, um, Kelly and Elizabeth, 
and um, kind of put together a team. And I went to the lady who owned the brokerage that I worked for, and she's like, "Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't. I'm not. I'm not down to do teams." And I'm like, "No, no, no. This is how I'm going to do it. You know, I'm not going to be able to work as much, and I want to keep up my same level of business." And so Elizabeth and Kelly worked with me at the time they handled the buyers, and I handled the listings, and so it was a little bit easier for me. And I started at that point building a team in 2000. And Elizabeth um, actually still works with me. So I always tease her and say um, she's lasted longer than any of my husbands and all of my husbands put together. <laughs> and um, and Kelly went on to have three children. She doesn't work with us anymore, but we still get to see her. And now we have Evelyn. And so I run an all-female team. So um, me, Elizabeth, and Evelyn sell. And then we have uh, Tiffany, who runs all of our uh, contract to closing and Christine who runs all of our listing to contract. And then we have one person who just handles, um, the client relationship, um, events, gifting, um, all kinds of, um, just making sure that, uh, we have everything we need to make the client experience amazing. Wow. And so one of your trademarks is, uh, bringing cakes to all of your closings yeah. with, a, pic- with yeah. a picture of, of the house that you're selling yeah. on the cake. And, yeah. and, and so where'd you get that idea? Okay. So my name is Glenda Baker. Okay. So I, it was so funny. I had a closing with this agent and she brought me a cake from this company called piece of cake here in Atlanta. And it was so good. It was so yummy. And I was like, Oh wow, that's got some legs on it. I like that. So my name's Glenda Baker, the cake. And so this, so all through my entire school life, this little boy sat in front of me. His name was Dan Asbury, A-S. My name was Glenda Baker, B-A. So, and they always sat us in alphabetical order. So all the way through elementary and high school, Dan Asbury sat in front of me, except in eighth grade when Kathy Bacon came and Kathy Bacon sat there, but she was only there for a year. <laughs> so Dan Asbury always sat in front of me. So no lie, all the way from elementary to high school, he said, Glenda, cake baker, Glenda, cake baker, Glenda, cake baker. And so when that girl gave me that cake, I was like, Glenda cake baker, Glenda cake baker. I was like, I think I could do something with that. And so I started doing these cakes. And so I was doing like 90 cakes a year. And, um, and so, um, the, I went to, I I also, I had this bakery in my town, but I wasn't getting them from this bakery, um, because I couldn't get this other bakery to do what I wanted them to do. And I couldn't get them at the price that I wanted. And I decided I wanted to do pictures on them. And I couldn't get the bakery that I was using to do pictures. And I couldn't get the bakery that I wasn't using to do the price that I wanted. And so I was having dinner with one of the guys that worked for the bakery. And he goes, how many cakes are you doing? And I said, oh, I did 90 this year. And he goes, you're doing 90 cakes a year? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, let me talk to Ryan. I think that we can work something out. And so (laughs) he talked with the owner of the bakery. And ever since then, and I guess that, oh gosh, that's probably been 12 12, 13, maybe 15 years ago. Um, and we at first, it had me on it. It had me in the skyline of Atlanta. And so I took my cake and I, again, I gave, gave the cake, to, I give a cake to everybody in the closing. So five cakes. The buyer- so, so, so hang on one second. So that was my, my, my other question related to this. I'm thinking one, clo- one, one cake, one closing, but you're doing one closing and then however five- many people are at the closing. Five cakes. So in Atlanta, it's the buyer, the seller, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, the attorney, and the lender. Okay. So 
So obviously I don't get a cake for myself, but when I started, I would have a cake that had a picture of me in the skyline. So I give my cake to this other agent that's with another company. She goes, oh, I'm going to take this to a birthday dinner. I met this match guy on match.com. I'm going to take your cake for his birthday dinner. The guy calls me the next day and he goes, he goes, I just want you to know that I really enjoyed the, your cake. And I'm like, uh, do I know you? He's like, uh, yeah, I've been dating this girl on match.com. She brought your cake. And I have to tell you, you're really sweet and edible. And I was like, uh, okay, see ya. And so, no lie. So then I moved and started doing pictures of the houses. So now I do a picture of the house and it has me with my too late sign and I do it at every closing. So no lie. I have a closing with, um, I have a closing with, a, a, a this in, entertainer. And so I get him a bottle of crystal and a cake and no lie. The only thing they even notice is the cake, not, not this fabulous bottle of champagne, all they right. notice is the cake. And so really it just, it memorializes the, the house that they're buying or selling. And I cannot tell you how many people who did not work with me, worked with a different agent, remember that cake and, and they post it on their social media and they love it. And this is the thing is, and people always say, well, why a cake? Why a cake? Well, my name is Glenda Baker. That's Cake Baker. That's kind of how I came up with it. But think about it. You do not take food from somebody you do not trust. What does your mom always say? Don't take candy from a stranger. You never, right. ever eat anything that from somebody that you don't trust. That's why people yeah. go to the same restaurants. That's why people, that's, it just builds that sense of, of familiarity, that sense of trust. And so for me, I, I love the, and, and how can you be mean when somebody's giving you something sweet. When somebody's giving you like a cake, like it just makes people sweeter. It takes down their defenses. They trust you. And it's a celebratory experience. And so last year we did, uh, I want to say 573 cakes for closings. Wow. Wow. And that's a a little different than the 90 you were doing when you first started the cake. Yeah, exactly. And um, I have a uh, nonprofit called Operation Birthday Cakes. And so I work with that same bakery to provide birthday cakes for homeless children for a homeless shelter here in Atlanta. And we do about, we do about 60 cakes for them that feed um, 45 children because there's 45 children housed in that one shelter. And so we have a personalized cake that has their name on it. If they like Winnie the Pooh or cars or frozen. We have it decorated specifically for them, chocolate or vanilla, and we, it's delivered on the day of their birthday. Wow. That's amazing. And how, how did you get inspired to do the, the uh, charity aspect of the uh, cakes? I was at a charity event. Um, I was at a charity event and this little girl had written a letter about that she loved these sheets that these, this, this lady's charity had given her sheets. Um, and, she and this blanket and she loved this blanket so much because when she was homeless and on the street, her blanket was dirty. It was an orange blanket and it was dirty. And she had now had this pink blanket. And when she smelled it, it smelled like soap. And she had wished for that, that blanket on her birthday, but she didn't know if it would come true because she didn't have a birthday cake to make the wish. Wow. And I, and I raised my hand and I'm a guest at this charity luncheon. I raised my hand and they're like, Oh ma'am, it's not time for questions. And I said, um, I said, I don't have a question. I'll provide the cakes. And they're like, excuse me? I'm like, I'll provide the cakes. And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Glenda Baker, and I'll provide the cakes for the homeless shelter. They're like, all the cakes? And I'm like, yeah. And that was about six years ago. And 
I deliver and I deliver them, or or we have um, another a, a child that needs community service hours that delivers them. But from time to time, I'll deliver that myself. And I went over to deliver a cake to this boy, Delon, eighteen years old. He's lived in this homeless shelter nine years. Wow! And he happened to be there when I was delivering the cake, and he says, "Are you Miss Glenda?" And I said, I am Miss Glenda. And he goes, I'm Delon. And I said, oh my gosh, this is your cake. I'm so excited <laughs> that I got to meet you. And he goes, could I give you a hug? And I said, absolutely. Big old tall boy. And he leans down and he envelops me in this hug. And he whispers in my ear and he says to me, I've never had a birthday cake before. 18 wow. years old. And... You know, I'm like fighting back the tears. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I whisper in his ear and I said, this is the first of many because I know that you are destined for greatness. And it was in that moment that I realized my ability to impact and inspire somebody else. And so from that very second, I knew like that was my mission, like, how can I impact and inspire somebody every single day? So when I wake up, that's the only thing I think about is who can I impact and inspire today? Yeah. And that's, that's a fantastic why, you know? Yeah. Who can we impact and inspire, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, what more do you, what more? I mean, because you never, ever know, you know, I was at my closing today, my client, you know, it just, like you never know the reason somebody needs to sell, sell buy or sell a house mm-hmm. and they're trusting you and you never know really how you've impacted somebody if they don't tell you. And just the text message that I got from my client today and like this afternoon, the closing that I have, the, the, the seller is an investor and he's using the proceeds from this house to pay for his daughter's wedding. Wow. I mean, I mean, you think about like, that's huge. And yeah. I, I'm the one who facilitated that. And I, I mean, and, and like the man that I'm working with this afternoon, I've sold 17 houses for him. Like that man believed in me when I was literally had $44 to my name. When I was divorced, I had two kids to support and didn't have anything else. That man believed in me. I would do anything for him. So, yeah. I mean, that that's the type of relationship that I love about that's what I love about real estate is my ability to impact somebody else and that somebody depends on me. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I really find that the trust that our clients have in us um, to be just incredible. And, and, you know, people say that, you know, trust is a currency in our business, but, but trust is beyond a currency. Currency is what you have in your pocket. It puts food on your table. Sure. It helps, keeps the lights on, but, but trust is beyond that. It's a it's a higher power, and it's something that that is you know beyond uh, just currency. It you know it's something that you know it's it's intangible, and its worth is so much greater because with trust you can make money, you can lose money, but with trust once you have it, you need to treat it like it's a higher power because once once you lose it, you can't regain it, right? It's kind of like uh, it's it's kind of like your reputation, right? You know, you need to protect your reputation, and you need to protect those who trust you, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was one thing about, you know, my closing this morning, um, because I knew that, that, that my seller, um, you know, he's kind of high profile here, kind of high profile period. And I knew that there would be people that would be um, trying to get to him within the closing environment. Um, and, and I knew that he, he was not comfortable with that. And so, you know, being able to shield him from that um, was important to me. And, you know, I was showing a house to another client, um, kind of high profile here in Atlanta, and someone approached us on the street. Um, a fan approached us on the street and I literally threw myself in front of him, not knowing the guy approached us from the back, not knowing like what was he coming towards us for. And here I am like shielding my client because I just wasn't sure what was going on. And like my client is like behind me and I'm thinking to myself, like I didn't think twice about jumping in front to make sure that this guy was, you know, not approached or, you know, not accosted. And so that like, that is like, like, that's not somebody who you, you don't know. That's not a service provider. That's not somebody you pulled off of the internet. That's not somebody you pulled out of the yellow pages. That's a relationship that you have with somebody. And it was funny because the, the, the young man that I threw myself in front of, he was a little, he was so nervous that he spilled his little, um, uh, He's, he had a drink in his hand and he spilled his drink on my shoe and it had ice in it. And I said, <laughs> I said to him, I said, do I even want to know what was in that cup? And he goes, he goes, and they, he calls me G. He goes, G, it was my cotton candy soda. <laughs> soda pop. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, yes, you are 12 years old. <laughs> How old am I now? <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. That, that level of trust, it's, it's just an honor and it's something, it's so intangible, but to me, it's like, it's like a drug. It's an addiction for me. And, you know, I'm so passionate about real about the business of real estate, but I'm more passionate about the relationship of real estate. And so I just, you know, I never, ever wake up and think, I can't believe I have to do this again. Like, I can't believe I have to, I, oh my God, please tell me I don't have to show these people another house. Like, I'm excited. Like, I don't care if yeah. you look at five houses or 50. I'm happy yeah. to show you whatever because I'm getting so much knowledge out of showing you houses and learning about you and learning about your family and every and, and the dynamic of your family. So for me, it's it's like a drug. And I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you bring that passion to everybody that you work with. Um, and it shows, you know, yeah. it does. It does. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, Glenda, um, is there one last question? And, you know, you know, obviously you've gotten to this point in your career where you have this trust and you work with these notable profile people, whether it's, you know, celebrities or people who are successful in business, et cetera. Is there one deal that stood out to you? There are so many deals, but like, as I said, you don't always know what somebody's motivation is. So I had, I, I, I got a, a come list to me call. Um, this man was selling his house that he was the original homeowner. He had been in this house um, 36 years. And um, I sat down with him and he said, how much do you think you could sell it for? And I said, 450000 And he looked for, at me like I had four heads. And I said, 
you know, I'm getting the feeling that you we're not on the same page with value. And he goes, well, I interviewed this other agent in the neighborhood. She sells a lot of houses in the neighborhood. I interviewed her yesterday. She told me $250. She told me my house was a teardown. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. I said, I'm just telling you right now, I, I, here's every single number. Here's my spreadsheet. Here's how I came to this. This is who's going to buy this house. This is how long it's going to take me. I feel very confident. I sold that house for $450,000 in four days. Wow. That man, so this has been maybe four, four years ago. That man leaves my house this past Christmas at my holiday party. He turns around with tears in his eyes. And he says to me, you don't know this. But that, the money that came from that house is all the money I have in the world to live on for the rest of my life. And I almost lost $200,000 of it if I hadn't called you. Wow. And it was in that moment that I was like, somebody could have taken advantage of him. And so, again, I just think like, like I remember when I sold a house last year and the guy said, we, we couldn't focus on having children until we had the stress of this house off of our plate. And now mm-hmm. we're going to be focusing on having a child. And like, you do not know the gravity of the situation that you're dealing with a lot of times until the end or after the transaction is closed. And so for, for me, I just, I think about those two, those two people in particular, that it was, it was everything to them for me to sell their house and they trusted me. And so I I just, for me, I'm going to fight to the mat for my clients, no matter what it is. And, you know, it's funny because today I have two closings. One of them is 135000 One of them was a million nine. And, you know, I always say everybody has a dream and everybody has that dream of home ownership. And to me, I don't even think about it. Like whether it's a $900 apartment or a $5 million house, I'm just here to help the people that I can help. And, that, and, and I want to work with the people who want to work with me. And so for me, I've just been so fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we both have, you know, I, I just helped somebody who uh, moved back to their childhood home. They bought it from their own mother and they sold their apartment that I sold them 15 years ago. And I just, you know, I staged it myself with the help of my wife, Kathy and our daughter, Leah. And, you know, we staged it and did a great job. The value was sort of $650,000. We knocked it out of the park. We had a closing two weeks ago in the middle of the pandemic for $725,000. We got her $75,000 more than the asking price and more than she actually thought that she could ever get. So, you know, anything that we can do to just return uh, the gratitude that we have is, is really where it's at in this business. And that's why it's so rewarding to the people who are patient enough and who care enough. And you know what, Glenda? You're a shining example of what it is that makes us all so passionate about what we do and that's helping others at its essence. Yeah. Just, just pouring into other people. I just, I love, I love the feeling of pouring into other people. I don't, I don't even think about like, 
like, what am I going to get out of it? Like, what if I do this, what am I going to get? Yeah, I don't even think about that. I, I, it doesn't even matter to me. I look, I, I, I seek out the people that need me, that I can pour into, that I can add value, that I can inspire and impact and that I can love on. And that's one of the things I love about you because I recognize that same that that same vibe from you. And I remember the first time I met you, I was just like, I, I thought to myself, I cannot believe I have the opportunity to meet someone who is a great business person who is in such a different market and has d- such a different skill set than me, but still operates their business from that same perspective. So, and I just, I love hanging out with you and I love seeing you and learning from you, Josh. You're amazing. Well, thank you, Glenda. I think the same of you and Glenda Baker, everybody with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Atlanta. No wonder she's number one. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ruben Special, Glenda. Absolutely. 